Hi, it's Grant Morris, host of Happy Hour. Just before the show begins, I want to tell you a couple of things. First of all, we're looking for a salesperson. If you can sell and you love New Orleans and you love radio, drop us a line. You can actually write to me and I'll make sure I hand it on to our sales department. Just write to me at grant at itsneworleans.com. If you're listening to the show on iTunes or Stitcher, thanks for subscribing. Take a moment to rate and review us. That helps other people find us. And lastly, before we start the show, check out our plans to buy the Algiers Ferry. If you go to Indiegogo or go to our website or go to our Facebook page, It's New Orleans on Facebook, you'll find out exactly what we're talking about. We're going to buy the Algiers Ferry and turn it into a New Orleans party boat. It's kind of a joke and it's kind of getting serious. Go and check it out. You can give us a dollar. If we don't raise the whole three million to buy the boat, you don't have to part with anything, so you're safe with your dollar there. I think it's about it, right, Chris? Okay, let's start the show. again from Central City, New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. We're at Casa Borrega. Can anyone try and say that? Lee, you want to try and say that? Borrega. Helen. Casa Borrega. Cam. Casa Borrega. Very nice. We're at Casa Borrega on Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard in Central City, New Orleans. It's just a block up from Cafe Reconcile. It's going to be open in about three weeks from today if you're listening right now. Check them out on Facebook. You can go like Casa Borrega. You can follow them on Twitter. This is an amazing place. It's a Latin bar. It's a restaurant. It's a bar, and it's a live music venue. It's Casa Borrega, and in the next 60 minutes right here around the table, you're going to meet just three of the many thousands of fascinating people who live in New Orleans, and you'll get to hear some live music as well. At the end of the show, you might conclude New Orleans is a great city where people love to talk, have fun, and enjoy great music, but you probably know that already, so let's get right on with doing nothing. But enjoying the next 60 minutes of happy hour together, my special guests sitting around the table here at Casa Borrega are from left to right. Helen Krieger. Hello, Helen. Hey, how are you, Grant? Good I'm to see good, you. thank you. And you, Helen, is the award-winning writer and producer of the post-Katrina movie Flood Streets, in which, I quote, a diverse group of creative malcontents struggle to find love, money, and marijuana in the surreal streets of post-flood New Orleans. That's a That's about relatively right. accurate description. Helen is also the writer-producer and one of the stars of the web comedy series Least Favorite Love Songs, which centers on the adventures of Helen's character Molly, who is described as smart, sarcastic, and a bit of a stoner. All qualities that get in the way of her romantic relationships. There's a theme going through these here. I, I, think. I was going to mention that, the marijuana theme, but I didn't think it would get into the first 30 seconds. But why is that, Helen? We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> Helen Krieger was named one of Gambit Weekly's 40 Under 40, and you can see her in perpetuity on HBO in her recurring role on Treme. Recurring until it finished. Oh, and it's gonna it's gonna go on forever, don't you think? They just play stuff forever on, on HBO. Yeah, absolutely. Lee Horvitz knows a little bit about HBO as well. Lee's sitting to my right. Hello, Lee. I don't know a damn thing about it. Oh, <laughs> shit. Well, let's fuck that up. Lee's a writer and editor who moved to New Orleans in 2003 and is the managing editor of Travel Host of New Orleans as well as co-writing a book with a member of the Nagan administration. And I was. What? Wow. The, which member of the Nagan administration? The guy who was the uh, public health um, administrator, uh, Kevin Stevens. I've never heard of him. Have you heard of him, Kim? I have not. Helen, no. have you ever heard of him? I'm way bad with politics. I've seen him. Kevin says, Stevens. I've seen him. I've seen him many times. Okay, what he's for public he's for health. Well, boy, he had his work cut out for him in New Orleans. There's, there's no public health left here. He's a good guy to write a book with. He must You'll have to take that up with him. I, I'm okay, gonna I'm going to take it up with you in a minute. <laughs> now, where did I get up to? In previous, yeah, pre- New, in previous pre-New Orleans incarnations, Lee has been a professor of philosophy 
Holy shit, you're overqualified for the show already. An actor, thank goodness for that, and a community activist. As a writer, Lee Horvitz writes book reviews, art and theatre criticism, stage plays and screenplays. Lee's also contributed to Humanities Textbooks. Wow. And worked as an editor and copy editor for memoirs and magazines, as well as writing for Louisiana Film and Video and Arthur Hardy's Mardi Gras Guide. Indeed. You're a busy Indeed. guy. Yeah, thank you. You're thank a you. professor of philosophy. Do you have a PhD? I do. So you're a doctor. I am. You're a doctor of philosophy. I am. Starting to feel I'm intimidated. Doctor of doctors. Yes. I have a little rash on my skin that's not going <laughs> yeah, away. Yeah. Could you look at it that's and tell you don't me? Get an a Does the rash really want to be there, there Helen? That's a, that's a, I've, I've heard that one before. That's oh, I love that one. I and love sitting that across the table, that's looking right at me, is Kim Carson, who I haven't seen with a pair of headphones on since 1963, <laughs> or whatever year that was. You used to work at WNOE 101.1. Yeah. 1. 1. I left in 1999. 14 years ago. God, you were on in the afternoons on WNOE. I bet there's a lot yeah. of people listening who still, God, look at your eyes. I never knew they were so green. Yeah. Have they always been that color or is that contact lenses? When I'm tired, they get really they get really green. Really? Why yeah. would that be? Like sort of reptilian? I don't I don't know. If I get sort tired. Camouflage. Tired, mad. <laughs> you get smooth moves there, Grant. Sick, <laughs> sick or hungover. Yeah. Your it's eyes, very flattering. Yeah. Yeah. Really but actually, what is the, uh, oh, what's baby, the physiological so reason for that? Why would your eyes turn green? I don't better? know. You know, I don't know, it's but a beautiful I beautiful color. I, oh, Actually, you. mine are the same. You are? Yeah. yeah. You look beautiful too, Lee. I didn't mean green. to. Just I'm just going to leave for a <laughs> little bit and come back when you guys are done here. <laughs> okay. Let me tell you something about Kim. Kim Carson is a country music artist who has been named Best Country Artist by readers of Offbeat Magazine eight times. Yeah. Kim is the undisputed queen of Louisiana honky-tonk music and a formidable country songwriter herself. Kim moved to Texas after Hurricane Katrina, where she formed a honky-tonk band called Buffalo Speedway. Mm -hmm. In 2008, Kim got the hell out of Texas and moved back mm -hmm. to New Orleans to rebuild her house. Is it rebuilt? It is. You know, everything's rebuilt except the spot that I live in. I, I decided since I'm traveling so much, I've made it into apartments. So everybody else's place looks great. Mine still needs a paint job. Floors need to be repaired. There's some electrical issues in my little... Some electrical issues. That doesn't, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't sound too good. What part of the city is it in that it got Mid-city. I've been... Yeah, I've been living in mid-city 20 years. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. But you're not here all that much, apparently. Yeah, well, no, not so much. I, I see mean, you on Facebook. You're all over the place. You're yeah. all over Europe and all over the show. Yeah, we're leaving on Tuesday for Europe. All right. Let's get on to that. Let me finish this because I have to sure. read this. Otherwise, I get penalized. Kim's just finished recording her 10th CD. Wow, number 10. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. To be released in Europe momentarily and in the United States in October. Why the disparity between releasing it there and here? Well, I want to release it while I'm here to promote it. And oh, you won't be here back till here till October? Well, we're coming back in mid-September. And so I want to take oh, about right. three weeks to, you know, the boys and I, if we haven't killed each other, then we'll, you know, go to our separate corners and... And then we'll be ready to go out and Fix tour. Fix some electrical issues and, and then... Yeah. <laughs> right. And then go back together and this go record, This record is called Enough Heart Left to Break and is described as good old honky-tonk music with a dance hall sound. When we say dance hall, that's country dance hall. Oh, not, yeah. Not Jamaican not, dance. No, no. No techno in this right. hall. Fiddle Bob and Wills. steel guitars. Bomb wheels. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, there's sort of Western swing style? Yeah, that's... Oh, I've got a little bit of that, but it's, it's pretty much straight up honky-tonk, although I did go East Texas in... Uh, Put in a couple of accordions, so we've got. It sounds like San Antonio. Um, a few of the songs sound like San Antonio, and a few sound like uh, West Texas up by Amarillo. You know. I'm not familiar enough with the difference swing. between San Antonio and West Texas. Yeah. Lee, are you? Absolutely not. No, even though no. you have a PhD. No. What is it in your PhD? <laughs> not yeah, geography. No. No, 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 no. What is it in? Philosophy. What does that mean, philosophy? Exactly. The love of wisdom. 
the love of wisdom. That's what it means. Really? Yes. What absolutely. and what area Philos of Philos meaning love. And, uh, does it? The other meaning wisdom, yeah. In yeah, Greek. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Philos means love. love. And love. What does, where's wisdom? Uh, Phi. Sophia is wisdom. Really? Sophia, the name. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The name yeah. that became Sophia, the girl's name. Sophie. I guess, yeah. Well, means wisdom. Well, I never knew that. We've learned something today. Well, you already. see, I've, uh, I've already taught you all something here. <laughs> yeah, you've I never see. really given I'm just a natural teaching. teacher. I'm just so what uh, department of the love of wisdom did you specialize in? Um, ph uh, phenomenology and existentialism. Because oh, wow. you've got <laughs> phenomenology. Was that something? Uh, personality. <laughs> what is phenomenology? Oh. That's a stupid question now, isn't well, it? Yeah. I mean, Jesus, man, I didn't know you were going to ask me this stuff. I didn't God. know either, believe me. Uh, what, <laughs> is, what, what is it? You didn't know. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. What is phenomenology? It's the, it is the interpretation of existence. I studied phenomenological <laughs> psychology, and I'm yeah. trying to think okay. of what phenomenology is, too. You and studied I'm, I'm phenomenological psychology. psychology. What would be the chance of having two guests in New wow. Orleans, one of whom is a phenomenologist word. and the other studied phenomenology psychology? Which I can't believe I just said that correctly. <laughs> what is that, Helen? So, so the way that we studied it was. Oh, wait a minute. Um, wait a minute. Ludwig Binswanger, right? Yes. No, yes, Helen yeah. Krieger. No, <laughs> he's the he's the big existential. I mean, a phenomenological psychologist. You so so what is it? It's you you study you study. Um, behaviors and actions through the, the way that people perceive them, through the stories that people tell about their lives. Mm -hmm. That's the psychological part of it is you ask mm -hmm. someone a story about their life and based on how they tell the story and how they narrate it, um, then that sort of tells you a lot about them. So my well, no kidding. I mean, how obvious is that? Yes, of course it does. Thanks a lot, Grant. That's yeah, just, just four <laughs> years of school, well, a lot of money. Someone tells you the story of your life. I just spent 25 years of my life studying this <laughs> stuff. But, you know, perhaps I've, I've been perhaps obvious. Perhaps I've misunderstood my, 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 there. My, my <laughs> Did it go over my head? It's, it's, yeah. Well, it's, I'm explaining it in such a clear and simple way <laughs> that it makes it sound much <laughs> more simple right. than it really is. Okay. I'm, uh, that is my duty as a storyteller is to make things accessible to people like you. Well, you st you st <laughs> people like me. Those idiots. last two idiots. words were unneeded, well, Helen. I think you're supposed to aim for the eight-year-old sort of <laughs> IQ, right? Which is That's where true. I stopped. Uh, well, well, with journalism, you are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're a, you were a journalist too. But yeah. okay, let's get back to phenomenological psychology because I haven't understood what it is at all. Kim, have you? And you're the most intelligent person here. You're, <laughs> oh, no. you're a country musician and a radio DJ. So Clearly, Christ. I'm not. Now I'm thinking they're going to be dissecting the songs I write <laughs> and go, oh, so that's how she is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you must think Probably. that every time. Very interesting. But every time you write something and play it, you must think that, right? I mean, you're putting your heart on your sleeve. I kind of do my writing from somewhere between Hank Williams and Dr. Seuss, really. Um, you know, I try, to get, I, I try to be very simple and explain it in very simple terms. And but is it personal? Draw pictures. Oh, yeah, every, every so song. So every is. song you write is a personal oh, yeah. story every, about it's a story, your sure. life. Sure. So, okay, so I would listen to that and I'd say, oh, my God, she's you know, had this terrible heartbreak or she's so happy or whatever it is. What would you hear then, Helen? As a psychological phenomenologist. Existential phenomenological mm, psychology. Yeah, that, yeah. Undergrad student, by the way. <laughs> Only undergrad didn't on this you, side. Didn't you graduate? <laughs> no, no, I graduated, but I didn't get like an MA or a PhD or anything like that. I just have an undergrad in psychology. Okay, but with a special specialty or a major in phenomenological psychology. Yeah. Which so I still haven't quite understood. So, so I would okay, listen so to like words that she says a lot in like the way in which she describes things that are important to her. So like what are her projects? What are her things that she's aiming for and like things that she thinks are important? And based on, you know, uh, like a chorus might have an important 
project for you or an important narrative in your head. Mm -hmm. So how you see yourself in your world and, and whether you're successful or not, I would read all of that. Okay. After a moment. It's really Lee, about are you going to chip in on this before really we actually meaning. make him play something? And it's about meaning. Meaning. Yeah. I, th I think that's the, is the bottom line. Okay. Of the phenomenological. Okay. In, in the Kim, Kim, Kim let's, let's play something then, and then we'll just rip you to pieces. No, okay. I mean, <laughs> like phenomenologically, that is. Yeah, yeah, I've got that. Which one do you think is the least revealing about you that we wouldn't have to... The most revealing. Well, the, the most. most. Should we go with most? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I might say that Andrew Duhon, who would normally be joining us today, is at Bonnaroo yeah, yeah, yeah. playing in nice. front of those he's, kids. He's wonderful. He is wonderful, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's a good musician, too. Yeah, yeah. Just a, a great songwriter. Good looking, yeah. He's not bad to look at. He's, no. he's got he's the whole thing. He's the whole package, that guy. Do you play together, you guys? We have. You know, Andrew came over, and um, we had played together in Alabama on a, um, a songwriter thing, and yeah. then... Uh, I invited him to join me at the Cary Irish Pub. I play every Monday mm -hmm. there, and he came, and he was, he's fantastic. He's yeah. just a lot of fun. He is. He's such a nice guy, too. Is that wire in your way, Lee? Can you do a bit of wire work for us? Okay. Oh, excellent. Very good. Don't tell the union. <laughs> <laughs> this is Kim Carson, and you're playing. What is the song? Okay. Uh, it's called, well, you'll hear the, the title okay, don't tell very me. soon. <laughs> I only like you when I'm drinking Well, all my rowdy friends Seem to get along with you The life of the party To say the least, I guess it's true And every time you cross my path I know just what I'll do Cause I think you're a jackass Until I'm I had a drink or two Yeah, now I only like you when I'm drinking When the whiskey wraps around my brain And I don't know what I'm thinking The rest of the time Oh, you ain't no friend of mine And no, I only like you when I'm drinking When it comes to manners, oh, I'd say that you have none. You're always chasing women, they always run. You're loud and obnoxious, but your buddies think you're fun. They broke the mold when they made you, so thank God there's only one. Yeah, now I only like drinking and when the whiskey wraps around my brain and I don't know what I'm thinking the rest of the time no you ain't no friend of mine and no oh, I only like you when I'm drinking
when the whiskey wraps around my brain and I don't know what I'm thinking. The rest of the time, no, you ain't no friend of mine. And no, I only like you when I'm drinking. The rest of the time, God, you feel like doing one of those back announcements. And I'm only lucky when I'm drinking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a real radio-friendly song. Does that get played on country radio? You know, I don't know if it does or not. A little bit. I think a little bit does. I actually wrote that song um, for a guy to sing. I, I, uh-huh. I wrote that for Toby Keith to sing, and that's why I, I sing it the way I do. And uh-huh. He didn't record it. He's, you know, his people getting in touch with my people, and uh-huh. I, I don't have any people. I'm <laughs> fairly difficult to find. Do you not have anyone? You have to run your whole own show. Hey, you want to put your guitar down so you don't have to sit there and hold yeah. it? Or do you feel better holding on to it, maybe? No, you know, I should have put this. Now Lee has to work hard La, to, Lee to, will do do the, it. to do all the... Uh, he's a, pheno- yeah, a phenomenologist. Rely on We'll scoot that in and it won't be so hard. <laughs> I can handle all phenomena that may happen yeah, on the show. Okay. There we go. <laughs> that was Thank you. <laughs> phenomenally. I am phenomenally. <laughs> I guess you've heard that before. So you're doing... Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kim, you have to do all your own business. You don't have any management or anyone to run this I've whole... Got, I've got a manager now. I've got uh, Joshua Joseph that, that helps me. He takes care of the... He's an entertainment attorney, and so he takes care of a lot of the legal things as far as... Um, he helped me get my, my iTunes royalties and, and things like that. He's great at chasing down, you know, money and things like that. But um, as far as booking shows and, you know, song plugging and radio promotion, that's a whole different, you know, thing. There's so uh, much to, to do this. Do you get on the radio still these days? I mean, you come from a radio background. Yeah. Did you start off in radio back in Oklahoma or in Texas? I did. I started off in Oklahoma um, in radio and worked in Texas, worked in Dallas and uh, Chicago and then, you know, New Orleans and then Houston. So you worked in radio in all these places, work, mm-hmm. working your way. Because in the back in yeah. the old days, then when you were in radio, you you went from town to town. As you, each town you went to, you got a better job and more right. money and a better day t- day part until you ended up somewhere in market number. You know, hopefully with a single yeah. digit, right? And getting paid money and well, almost double digits in those yeah. days. You know, and, and then when it changed, I thought maybe it went know. the other way. Yeah, well, yeah. Then, yeah. Then it changed, and I thought, well, I'm getting out of this. This isn't fun anymore, and mm. you know. They were never paying me a whole lot of money anyway, but because I loved it, you know. And if you're doing something you love, they know they got you. And <laughs> so really, you know. So after a while, I thought, oh, this isn't fun anymore, you know. And well, radio stopped being fun, which is why we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. nobody gets paid in radio anymore. No. You're the lowest paid person on the staff if you're on the air. Or it used to be you were the highest paid person. Right. You were like the star. And now you're just the person who goes and records something on a Monday morning and they play it all week. They started getting so rid of... no fun. Yeah, they started getting rid of personalities. They didn't want... Uh, uh, if a personality became more popular than the station itself, then the management would, like, cut you. And mm. that's why you see, you know, Howard Stern and... and uh, yeah, personalities such as yourself, Grant Morris, uh, doing your own, uh, doing your doing own thing. W- yeah, and yeah. you got out of radio altogether. I did, yeah. I just thought, yeah, you know, that was fun what for a part while. Of, what part of that... Traje- trajectory God I can't even say that did you start singing and in at? Uh, uh, I always loved music and I was on the air I didn't play music till I was here in New Orleans and uh, we were doing one of the remote broadcasts you know at the car dealership 
and there was a band there, Rus- Russell and the Rustlers. And, you know, it was the beginning of the broadcast. Nobody was there. Yeah, yeah. You know, the band and the girlfriends. And they were singing one of my favorite songs. They were singing um, L.A. Freeway by uh, the Guy Clark song that Jerry Jeff had done. And, Jerry Jeff Walden. Yeah, yeah. And I started singing along with them, and uh, the guitar player reached over and pulled me to the microphone, and I didn't realize I was singing harmony. But after that, Russ, you know, asked me to. If I could just get off the L.A. Freeway yeah, without uh, getting killed or caught. See, right. beautiful. Lee. <laughs> Down an open road for some yeah. land. I just bought, bought, bought. That's it. Come it. on. I never, I'm a big Jerry Jeff fan. Very good. Huge Jerry Jeff Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So do you think you could drag Lee like this? Is history yeah, repeating yeah. itself? <laughs> you, you could need drag to, him along. Yeah. You need to come that. sing with me tonight no, at yeah. D-Max. We'll pull you up there. We'll you do it. We'll be at D-Max, Bar and Grimm. Mid-City. And Mid-City. What about it, Lee? What about it? I'll be there. Come sit in. Hey, I'm serious. You you don't think I'm I don't sing. I don't sing. Well, you just did. Do you drink? Do you like to drink booze? I do. Okay, well. If you drink enough, you'll start singing. I guarantee it. Should we get back to that subject? (laughs) With the phenomenology analysis? No, the phenomenological analysis of I only like you when I'm drinking. Actually, I've got it. Here's Hugo with a couple beers. Yeah, but <laughs> he's bringing us drinks so that maybe we'll like each other, I guess. There you go. See, we're not getting along at all at this point. <laughs> so, okay, what is the it's phenomenological sexist, explanation right. that is different from the obvious explanation of I only Actually, like you when I'm drinking? Actually, I'm going to say one thing about this, which is that uh, Kim is clearly a fully realized soul because all the meaning is right there, and it's put with humor, and I think it's a great song. Oh, thank you. So there you go. How many out of ten would you and give from it? from now, we'll <laughs> talk about screenwriting after this. Okay, we'll get on, we can get on to screenwriting in a I'm minute. just put my foot down here. Sure, we can about talk about screenwriting. <laughs> but I want to know what you, you think as a phenomenological psychologist of that lyric. I, I think uh, my, my immediate psychological assessment is that she is an amazing singer, an amazing musician. But I guess I don't need a psychology degree to say that, do I? Not really, but still, you, it's Helen. good that you've got an education, Helen, because, you know, education is so important, right? It is, it Have is. Have you ever used your degree in anything? <laughs> yeah. Except, well, you've been a writer. I use it, yeah, I use it for writing, writing. yeah. yeah. Absolutely, I, I dig into people's characters all the time and find the dark little places. Mm. Yeah, I think your character would like to be, in that song, your, the character, the protagonist of your song, would like to be more free than she is. She would like to be the kind of person who can appreciate this guy as he is. But she can't, so she has to. She has to pretend that it's only when she's drinking that she likes him. But no, she I likes didn't. him all the time. No, I didn't like him. It was. It wasn't a boyfriend. No, That's it wasn't. What I got, Kim. It you, wasn't a boyfriend. You really didn't no. like him. Yeah, I, no, I it was. Tell. It was a. I band. didn't like him either, by the way. No, no. <laughs> it was a guy. It was a guy in your band. It was a guy. Yeah, I was in a band in Houston, and so that was not the queen of this rodeo. I was just one of the clowns, you know, and and, but I didn't on stage. Oh, thank you. We were great together on stage, but, but off stage, we just did not like each other, not one bit. So you only liked him when you were singing? I only really <laughs> liked him. <laughs> that would have been a good look. Yeah. 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 Kind of, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a beautiful song, though. No, it was, we, we got really drunk in Switzerland, and, and we had to walk a pretty fair ways up to this cabin, and he was too drunk to walk, and I thought, well, I can't leave him out here to freeze. Or, or can I? I see that smile on your face. So I had one arm draped over and, I'm dra- and his belt loose, and I'm dragging him up this mountain thinking, man, I don't even really mind doing this. And I thought, I must be drunk. So that's, that's where the whole song came from. I love it. And in yeah. Toby Keith's people never got back to your people because you don't have people. I don't have people, no. I guess those guys get hit up with a lot of songs. Oh, gosh. And, and they write their own stuff, too. And mm. yeah. So do you, you spend much time in Nashville trying to sell songs or however that works? I used to. I was. I would go up there once a week. I mean, once a month. I had a, a standing gig at the Gibson Guitar Cafe, and and I'd go knock on doors and try to get record deals and publishing. And they kept telling me I was too too country and too old. 
And that was 15 years ago. I have not gotten wow. any younger or any less country. I said, I'm not trying to be Britney Spears here, you know. You can two country, <laughs> two country for Nashville. Two country for Nashville. That's right. a song right but that, there. But that, yeah, it is. But that yeah. was way back when they were trying to all be Garth Brooks and all. That was like a, an era. Now that's sort of passed, and now we're back to country again, aren't we? We're starting to, to get more toward country on The Voice, I think. Uh, these, these Swan Brothers mm-hmm. and, and uh, a lot of the the artists you see on there are getting more toward real traditional country and not so much, you know, Lady Antebellum and Shania Twain. While that is good music and it's pop music, it's not country at all. There's nothing yeah. country about that. Lee? And I'll step down off my... <laughs> not at all, no. My it's box now. <laughs> now, people have been very, are very proprietary about what's country and what isn't in mm-hmm. the country music business. And it's a huge industry is why, I guess. Oh, There's yeah. so much money. There's almost money, as much money as there is in, in, the, in the film business, right? I would think Th- so, yeah. Just, really? Just, I, I go to bed every night just in piles of $100 bills. <laughs> yeah. You do? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Is it from the drug dealing, though? No, <laughs> this is from the film dealing. <laughs> oh, from the film this business. is from the lucrative film Sh- business. Shall we talk about <laughs> marijuana now? Um, oh, sure, yeah, but that has nothing to do with how much money I make making independent film. No. I'm rolling in it. You're rolling your money from, <laughs> from your independent film from my career. Independent film. Right. So if you really want to make money, it's web series, y'all. That's where the money's at. That's well, where the money's wow. at. Hey, come on. Wow, hey. Don't knock it. You just made $8,000 in like the last week. That's true. I just, on Kickstarter, it's we just $8 made... It's not million, but still. No, it's, that's true. Let me say, I, I have um, seen your web series, Helen. Oh. The first season, right? Yep, yep. And it, it's really good. All four episodes? I, nice. Least favorite love songs. Least so favorite I love recommend songs. it to everybody listening to this podcast. Uh, check it out. Both, of our, both of our listeners it's could good. go check that out. Hey, um, <laughs> least, it's called Least Favorite Love Songs. And the first, well, there was only four. I thought there were five. Did I watch one twice? Um, That's how high I was. <laughs> By the time you got to the end of it, yeah. you just kept going. Yeah. And you went, there was, um, there, there was some like behind the scenes stuff. Oh, maybe that's where um, I was yeah, so I you thought my subscription said like five episodes or something. Yeah, because I've been doing some little behind the scenes stuff. And we did a uh, Kickstarter video that some people consider like the fifth episode, um, sort of comparing it to the HBO oh. show Girls right. and how okay, it's different so from it's Girls. It's very funny and it's, and it's very well done and, w- and it's on the web because that's why you have to do th- what you have to be these days because no one's going to pick that up because it's about yeah. people. Well, yeah. they might. I mean, actually, well, you know, cable TV's got a lot of weird sex and drugs in it. Yeah, and so, um, so my feature film got picked up by a distributor, by like a legitimate distributor and um, I have not filled my tank of gas once with the money from that so, yeah, well, <laughs> so i might as well give it away online those right? assholes never pay anything though you have to end up suing those people to get the money out of them yeah this from is everybody i know in the film business yeah. who sold an independent mm-hmm. film i've heard the story countless times well not countless, three from three different people have all said the same thing that, that nobody actually pays them they get a distribution deal it's on tv in sweden and everything and they never see a dime out of it yeah i don't i don't think we're on tv in sweden but well, I made that I bit up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, yeah, the, I, w- I want to get the web. Web. You're on TV everywhere. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I want to I yeah. be, uh, I'm going to sue them and get my $5 that, that they owe. Yeah, then you've got to pay like, a, you know, the whole, the, exactly. It doesn't yeah. add up to much, but it does get you noticed and it does get you some attention and get, people get to see your work at least, which is something. Absolutely, yeah, which is why I wanted to put some stuff online so that I can immediately show people and be like, here it is. Um, and also because a lot of times when people are working on these projects, you know, there's 30, 40 people working on any one episode. That's 30, 40 people that would love to show their moms and dads and friends. And so if you just have it online, then you can immediately give them a link and they can all show people and everyone can see it. Does it really take 30 or 40 people to make a little 15-minute episode? 
It depends what oh. kind of thing. So like the like we have what I call the A material and then like the behind the scenes and bonus footage. So like the A material is a script. It's a script supervisor. It's a director. It's camera people. It's lighting people. It's um, costume people. It's the actors. It's the editor. It's the sound. It's all those people. Mm. And then there's the B material, which is just me and some friends. And we go on the French Quarter and we film something. And that's two or three people. Um, and so we're doing a lot of those, too, because, of course, they're easier to do. They're funner to do. You just finish them. And I shouldn't say they're funner to do. It's a, it's a different kind of fun. It's immediate gratification, and it's up there immediately. Um, but they're not, of course, as in-depth and as, as well-written and as complex as the A material, which has been vetted with all these people. So what's up with the marijuana? Oh, um, why, uh, is the, why is there a running theme of marijuana in your work? Let me just put this out here, and I'll, I'll tell you. Phenomenologically, Lee, you can weigh in in a minute. Yes, screenwriting. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to be alone in a room by yourself all day. Um, no, there's. I feel like there's a fair amount of marijuana smoking in New Orleans. Um, it's not legal here like it is in other states, but there's a fair amount of it. And so I think if you're going to depict characters in this land, um, that becomes a part of it. Um, also, I'm a fan. So. so how much pot do you smoke a day? So. Um, not every day. Not Com every day. Yeah. Most days. Uh, a couple times a week. I, I do the Sarah Silverman plan, which is make it a treat. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So you're not waking up in the morning and smoking <laughs> weed like the characters in your... I yeah. mean, she's going to an interview and she's yes. smoking pot before she goes and she's going to talk to someone and everything she does, she's like lighting up a joint or, yeah. or she puts down to... She attributes a lot of things that go wrong in her life to, you know, or the difficulty to being high. That's, that's why I connected with your character who is like, oh, I only like this guy when I'm drinking. It's like if you have a nice little vice, you can blame everything on that and be like, man, I get so much done if I wasn't high on time. <laughs> but I am, so I haven't. <laughs> but yeah, so she's, she's very much like me like 10 years ago, say. Um, oh, and I'm really? So, so you left that now. behind. Oh, so much right now. Well, no, like I said, I make it a treat. <clears throat> so I, I'm not going to be like, oh, I don't do that anymore. Well, it's a social thing, right? Not always for me. Sometimes it's a by myself to like relax thing. Well, and and sometimes it's too. a social thing. What about paranoia? Do you get paranoid? Mm. Why do you <laughs> ask? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to go, you guys. I used to smoke a lot more weed than I smoke now, and I, then I started getting more and more paranoid. I don't know why that is. Do you happen to know that, anybody with PhDs? No, I don't know. I'm going to say I'm guys. I'm a doctor. I don't know. Guy, yeah. Guys are more susceptible to that, and white guys are more susceptible to that. Hmm. I'm just going to go there. So it's because okay. you're white and male. That's yeah. why. There's no way around I mean, that, unfortunately. <laughs> I think that's what you were just told. That's not, that's not fair at all for pot smoking. <laughs> I know. People. I'm sorry. It's Yet again. So black women are good pot smokers right through to old age. Yeah, I think so. So if I'm looking for someone who I want to be with as a partner <laughs> to smoke weed with in my later years, I should look for a black woman. No, any woman. Absolutely. Any, any woman. Any woman. Yeah, any woman. Okay. So just guys are not good at handling paranoia i yeah well i just there's something about white guys that they can get a little paranoid like like I, well this is just your own personal experience i thought this is something you actually knew like from no, a textbook from school no come Maybe on it was now. you ellen I don't know. Lee, Lee, you've written textbooks i have what textbooks did you write oh i've written high school uh, textbooks uh, geography political science history english uh, middle school uh, textbooks yeah how the hell how do you know all about all that stuff i i Read. I went to school. I talk. I speak. Uh, well, I know, can do I all did, that. Yeah. Can't you guys do all that? I can read, speak, talk, and I went to school, but well, no one I, asked me. I've always had. I, um, actually, it's because of Shakespeare. Ah. When I was thirteen, I knew it. I knew it. It's all going to come back what? to Shakespeare. Now, yeah. what's it got to do? How'd with you know that? Psychic. Okay, I can believe that. Okay. What's it got to do with Shakespeare? I've never heard that reason for anything. 
when I first read Shakespeare at, at 13, it was perhaps the most formative um, um, uh, experience of my life. As, as well as Playboy? Intellectually <laughs> speaking. Ah. Okay. Right, right. And uh, I've never recovered happily. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a happy addict, and I'm wow. a, a, a lover of language, beauty, and truth, and it's fantastic. And um, I'm a constant learner as well. You know, I'm a, I'm a constant student of it. You were 13, and you did you have to read? I read the Merchant of Venice. Yeah, yeah, half not a Jew eyes, and and all that. The the uh, quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth from the heaven upon the place beneath, or something like that. Well, uh, oh, I it's fantastic. Uh, so you know, yes. it's the best, and and um, I've always so I was just it just um, wrapped me up in the way that uh, country music probably wrapped up Gam, right? Oh yeah, and you felt your soul was just was yeah. was yeah. right. So it was I've at always, a car dealership. It <laughs> <laughs> was a slightly less romantic <laughs> moment than a thirteen-year-old kid reading Shakespeare. I think those uh, those um, remotes at the car dealerships, there's a kind of romance about them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the laundromat, this is right, and, and all, so, all of that. Uh, so yeah, you're I a 13 like year old kid. What part of the country were you in? Were you? I was in Arizona. That's a pretty arid sort of place. Were you? Were there other kids like you, or you were sort of a weirdo? Um, just, I was a real weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> when did you? Where we? When were you? Not sort of. Were you aware that you were a weirdo all along as a kid? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I'm not sure. I just did was, you feel I like you fit? Were. Did you feel like you fit in as a little kid? As well, a with the other, yeah, you know, it was the '60s, and so that always helped, uh, <laughs> right? You know, being but a weirdo. I, mean, I, a, I suppose. But I was the only one who was um, head over heels for Will for Shakespeare. Right. Yeah. What are the You're teachers? You're on a first name basis really? with him. Yeah. That's right. Well, <laughs> I think, like, who's this if Will I'm guy? I need <laughs> to meet him. And what did the teacher think my when friend. you came in and you said, I love this. This is amazing. This has changed my life. Well, he was, um, he was usually drunk. Or <laughs> well, maybe he was at the song. This is a kind he, of high school. Well, this isn't even high school. What school is this? Middle school. It was a boarding school. You went to a boarding school with a uh, drunk? Verde Valley. In, yeah. Yeah. Verde Valley. Did he stand uh, on the desk and like tell you guys? Well, to he always the day had coffee. You know, he he would come in with a big coffee. Well, I bet you could smell the booze in it. And, uh, <laughs> no, no, that was his. Um, and he thought know, none he of the kids. He masked it with the coffee, but he, he didn't mask it well. He thought none of the no, kids. No, he was knew. thrilled. I was thrilled too. Yeah. We read Merchant of Venice. We read um, Hamlet and Macbeth and um, Romeo and Juliet. And oh God, yeah. Why did you go to boarding uh, school? Were you like a bad kid or what? No, I was a, a privileged kid. Oh, this is a fancy boarding school in Arizona. Well, it was an alternative uh, Quaker um, school that was expensive. Now how about got, that? Now, well, I mean, I'm not how, sure how to... I'm not Wait, quite so you were raised a Quaker? No. Oh. No, but there was... What's a Quaker school? Something where you put alcohol in the coffee? <laughs> well, there... Well, it was very uh, multicultural uh, before its time, actually. We all... Yeah. Um, each, uh, each year, we uh, took a trip to the Hopi Reservation, where we... We would live, and uh, or to the uh, Navajo reservation, or to Mexico. Wow! And we would live with families and um, and that sort of thing. Well, they're so. very big on drinking at the uh, in the reservations too. Did you? That's a really nice thing for you to say, Grant. Uh, <laughs> gonna, well, hey, hey, let's uh, mark that right now that Grant said. <laughs> that's a, that's a that's a fact, though, right? Hey, who's that in the peanut gallery That's saying that's <laughs> true? That is absolutely that's true. Penny Bruno. There's a huge alcohol problem yeah. on the reservations, yes. in the yes, Native American indeed. reservations. Indeed, indeed. 
So yes. I was wondering and if, the, if the drunk English <laughs> drunk English teacher had anything to do with it. Actually, he never problem. The, I think, you know, he was self-loathing, I, I believe. But anyway, the real point here. Yes. <laughs> sorry, Shakespeare, sorry, sorry to not let you make the Shakespeare and screenwriting. Okay. I know you're very desperate to get on to talking about screenwriting. <laughs> I, I can't imagine that there's much interesting to talk about screenwriting, but you're going to change my but mind I, but, now. But, but I have I've been a lot putting to it say. Off. I, Do I you? have a lot to say okay. that is not interesting about screenwriting. <laughs> <laughs> so you decided to become a screenwriter in the, late 2000, in the early 2000s? Um, I decided to do it um, after Katrina, actually. Okay. Yeah. And I had, been a, I, I had acted, and I had been a, a dramatist, had... Um, uh, um, I hate to even plays uh, staged. What is a dramatist? Is that someone who writes plays? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, what's his name? Uh, Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Right. <laughs> Will. This guy Will. 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 Yeah. Will. Okay. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it was after uh, Katrina that I started. What made you think? Did you just sit down to write a story about Katrina? Excuse me. Actually, not. No, I, um, it had been on my mind, and it just seemed. I mean, maybe because of the storm, it was, you know, kind of that time to uh, get to business you had been uh, putting off. You know, I mean, I, I think guess. that's a maybe very, for that very reason. interesting yeah. thing to say that being confronted like that with uh, the possibility that everything in your whole life would be wiped out yeah. probably made a lot of people feel I might as well do what I really want to do now because. Yeah. Anything could happen tomorrow. I thought, yeah. By the way, happy hurricane to. season, everybody. Right, right. yeah, yeah. great, thanks, thanks. Um, so <laughs> there's already been one. Which was yeah, there's already one that hit Florida. Mm -hmm. Scary. Can you believe it? So yeah, that's what t prompted you to confront yourself and think, I'm going to do what I really want to do more than anything, and that was... Well, I was doing other things that I wanted to do, but this was something that I had had on my... Yeah, you know, that, why that I hadn't gotten okay, to. Okay, so you're asking for this now, but why the hell would anyone want to write a movie? What is it about you if you could write a play, if you could write a textbook, if you could teach philosophy? You can do all these wonderful things that all seem to me to be greater than writing a fucking screenplay. Right, girls? Wow, I'm just... Come if, on. If there weren't white wine here, I'd be so gone. <laughs> but movies are the like... It's just a movie. There's millions of movies out there. Who could, who could be a professor of philosophy, for God's sakes? Actually, uh, um, who is it? Um, oh, shoot. <laughs> He's looking at me, but I got nothing for you. <laughs> no, you know this guy. Uh, Terrence Malick. Okay. okay, I do know him. Well, there are exceptional talented He was okay. a Terry. brilliant uh, yes, okay. philosophy professor. And he's a brilliant filmmaker. He's gotten really bad lately. Well, that last thing hey, I don't, thought was... Hey, don't knock on Terry. <laughs> I just did. I just did. I agree with you. That last <laughs> film that everyone thought was so yeah. great, I thought was horrible. Yeah, what was It was that ridiculous. Yeah. The thing with Brad Pitt. And thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Grant. I thought that was My absolutely... Man, that was an embarrassment. It was an embarrassment. embarrassment. Yeah. That's exactly the word. That was yeah. Which one was it? I can't even remember. Tree of it? Life. Tree of Life. Oh, God. Yeah, it had so many great ideas that were going to be great, and then they all just fell short, and yes. it had all these moments... Yes. And, You're and so right. everyone has made that movie so much better than him, and I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> if he hadn't been smoking so much weed. God yeah, damn it. No, that might have been <laughs> it. Right. I, don't know. I like I don't the know. dinosaurs. I don't know about y'all. The dinosaur section in that movie? Yeah, no, I, I didn't like it. But you didn't like it either, but it was so popular. It was like the emperor. I, I liked clothes. everything with except for the dinosaurs. There are many movies that I feel like are the emperor's clothes, mm. and, and I'll just never say it out loud because I'm sweet like that. Because you're nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you're in the film business. I'm not in the film business. I can say anything I like about movies. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But, I, but anyway, back to you, Lee. Why would someone who's intelligent and uh, you know, able to teach and do all these wonderful things aspire to when he's a sweet talker isn't when given mm. when given the chance to express exactly what it is you want to do most that you want to write a movie uh two reasons one is um, the audience size mm. and the other is money 
There you go. Can I add a third? Yeah. The casting couch. That's what drew me to it. <laughs> really? No, I'm Which kidding. side of the casting <laughs> couch were you on? I like to be yeah. on both sides of the casting oh, nice. couch. Okay. All right. Well, I cast myself <laughs> a lot. <laughs> that's, now, that's a good joke that I've something? never heard. There's <laughs> got to be some sort of masturbation joke in that, I suppose. Th- it, th- that's what it is. I Thanks for just <laughs> dissecting it and laying it out, but that's essentially okay. what that was. That's yeah. very funny. Comedy okay. 101 with, with us. Yeah, very good. <laughs> well, you're an improv actress as well. We haven't even got onto that. Let's get back to Lee and his screenwriting. So you want to make a lot of money. And you want to be famous, and so you go into I the movies. I'm not talking about famous, no. Well, isn't that being seen by a lot of people? You want, you want your work to be seen by a mm-hmm. lot of people. Yeah. But you don't yeah. want to be famous, but you yeah. want your work to be exposed to a lot of people. Okay, yeah. all right, sure. I'll give you that. Okay. Yeah. So you decide to write a movie. I have no interest in that. And here's one of the plots of your movies I've famous. got right here. Okay, this is a satirical comedy called The Birth of Stand-Up Tragedy. But this is by you and I think someone else, right? Uh, Chris Champagne. Chris Champagne. Who is? Who is? You have to have him on the show. He's right? been on our show. He is. Oh, that oh, guy's funny. Mm-hmm. Yes. Have you heard him? I know. I have Great not. comic. Great comic. He's funny. Great okay, comic. so here's, uh, here's what you decide to write to make a whole lot of money and be famous. A New Orleans cabbie and political comedian set in his cynical ways is thrown against his will into running for office by Hurricane Katrina on condition that he does not win. Is there a loophole in this loophole? That's, that's what's called a logline in the business. That's called a logline, okay. Yeah. And then it says theme, that's going to the truth don't tickle. So this is kind of like the... Produ- that's called a tagline in the business. Oh, okay. So this is like the producers meets something. Well, yeah, kind of, I guess. Because yeah. the bad. producers was about a guy, Mel Brooks puts on a play that has to fail. Uh-huh. Right. And, right. It, of course, it succeeds by all... He'll only, um, he'll only run if he can't win. And what's the reason for... And his name is... Uh, Numa, I know where you got them shoes, Shaq Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> That's a character that Chris Who's Chris's character. Plays, yeah. Right. Yep. yeah, I mean, this is all based on his uh, comedy. Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so what's the sort of the, the thing in the movie? What's the story in the movie where the uh, reason the guy can't win? Because he's, um, he's Numa, uh, I know where you got them shoes, uh, Shaq Snyder. Are you going to vote for him? But why yeah. would you run if you, I mean, what's the... McGuffin he doesn't want the job, right? He yeah, doesn't really right. want it. right. Well, he's outraged by uh, Katrina, and then there is a gal involved who wants him to run. Okay. There's love. So he runs to impress a country music singer in a band. Looks exactly like him. Who looks a little bit. Yeah, Grant is pointing at Kim, because audiences can't see, but she is in stupendous shape. Mm -hmm. I'm going to find out where you train and what you do. You know, I'll tell you, I got it spray tan today. Don't do it. Well, I mean, I can't say do it. <laughs> Did well, you? it looks good. Whatever it, it is. Great. I look like too tan Barbie. Come on. No, but they, what they don't, you can't get wet for 8 to 12 hours, and I've got no air conditioning in my car. It quit just in time for so I look like a catahoula right now. It's all kind of running together. Why did you get a spray tan when it's so hot outside? You could sit in the sun for five minutes. Well, and I got get a group on. I got a group on. Ah. And it's and I'm leaving, and it's going to expire while I'm gone. So you know, I cannot waste money. And I, so I'm going to show up in Germany looking like Malibu Barbie. Nice. <laughs> does it get more tan as the day goes on, oh, or Lord, is this I, it? I hope not. Have you ever done it before? No. Okay, so tell us what happens. <laughs> Where do you go? Where is it? I went to, oh, shoot, what's the name of the place? I'll have to look it up. I well, got where is it in the city? Is it in Metairie? Oh, it's in Metairie. Okay. It's in Metairie, yeah. But there, there's quite a few places that do it. You know? So walk us through. You walk in the door and you say, hey, I'm here with my group on. And yeah, I got my group. And now you're making your little appointments, you know. And they do yeah. it on Dancing with the Stars, and they all look hot. So I figured, well, you know, cover up a little cellulite and some varicose veins, and we'll all be good to go. <laughs> <laughs> so what you do you do? You can paint over anything, as I learned after <laughs> Katrina. You can really just paint over anything. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I thought I'd give it a go. Well, we'll see. I just so do you wear your bikini or are you strip down to your underpants or what goes on? All right, Grant. Come whatever, on now. Well, am I going to ever have a conversation about this with anybody else? Whatever Tell floats your boat. Now, I you like can do whatever you like. Can you do it like. naked? They don't care. Yeah, you can. They'll do spray you whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, but I happen to think I happen to think that tan lines are sexy. So I yeah, but. They'll I, spray your genitals if you want them to spray them. My, yeah, I guess they would. Uh, me as well. <laughs> me and Lee could go down there and have our genitals sprayed. <laughs> yeah. Can we please do this? Grand There's got to be. There's got to be some line, surely, <laughs> at the spray-on tan. People. I've got a two-for-one. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you have a mankini, they might say, okay, we're spraying you. If you know mankini, forget about it. You're not yeah. going to do that. I was just wondering if you could go in there and get your butt sprayed. You know, Because we had a lot of talk about butt glue on this show one other time but that's a whole other story yeah you could probably get your butt sprayed i don't see why not okay so you could so you go in there okay. <laughs> why are you looking at me so what goes on <laughs> is there a person kim is there a person with a gun spraying you or is yeah. it a machine yeah. like well they th- this was a, a with an airbrush it's an a- like an okay. airbrush in you so there you go and what's the deal with the what what is it is it like a dye or yeah apparently it's like a bronzer Oh, I see it now. I see. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's kind of glittery. Yeah. Oh, now that was the powder. You can get okay. glitter or matte. But yeah, I got the powder. I like the glitter. You can get <laughs> glitter in the spray. Well, no, this is afterwards. They, they oh, can okay. put like a little powder on you right. to make it not feel so kind of icky. And so you can't shower. But I mean, I really, I look like a catahoula. I, I dripped. Uh, my bad. <laughs> look, not I, look like a catahoula. I'm going to show Helen. You guys don't get to see it. No, but I, I dripped at, at lunch. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the condensation from my tea and so. On my lap oh, you drip, you drip so tea down your well, spray tan, and now it's made Yeah, lines. on my leg, and so now I've got a little. It looks like streak. an interesting scar. You should come up with a story for that. I'm just wondering how my sweaty legs on the leather seats of that Miata are going to look. I, I, Catahoula is all I can say. <laughs> you ever seen one? Oh, you mean like it's a kind of sort blotchy. of a look, like a, Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's could be fun. So Lee and I have just come up with a screenplay. Our next screenplay is, <laughs> right. is based on a radio uh, podcaster who tries to convince other people to go for spray tans with him. I always wanted to okay. write like a, you know, like a, a TV series or because re- man, I mean, my life is weird and stupid. So it would be like a, a, <laughs> so get with me. Sounds like television. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Would it Seinfeld. be a reality show or a drama based on your life? I think it would be more like a Seinfeld kind of thing of just all the wacky. It's got to be a comedy stuff that goes oh tragic and, and comedic at the same time. So because it's a story about a woman who's on the road in a, in a country band or just stuff that happens at home. Well, you know what we thought about doing a reality with with uh, mm. you know four Americans uh, in, locked together in a van in Europe oh, for 13 yeah. weeks who will survive it'd be like your own will <laughs> survive you know <laughs> is and it you and a bunch of guys yeah how's that all work out um, are, you, are you having a relationship with any of them? Is no. any one of your boyfriend? None of them. No. It's all just professional. All, no, strictly, strictly professional. So because you must get to know each other so well. Oh. 13 weeks in a van no, with yeah. people. Oh, yeah. You know each other's diets. Right, right. Bowel movements, all kinds of... <laughs> I like how you look at Lee when you say bowel movements. Why don't you look at spray tan, yeah. bowel movements? What the hell is this? Butt stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all this butt stuff. It's very unromantic, <laughs> believe me. And, you know, yeah, no. it's not that glamorous. But it must be a great way to make a living. Oh, I mean, it's great. It's fun. It's great fun. And, it, and it's like having brothers. You don't want to mess that up with, you know, relationships because mm. good music trumps good sex anytime. I guarantee it. You can have good sex with a lot of people, but who can you make music with? Thank you. Exactly right. I've this searched. Helen said that. No, she knows. Well, it's she true, knows what you she's know? talking about. I know there's very few. Yeah, well, I'm married now, so it doesn't matter. But yeah, I'd much rather have somebody that you can write stuff with. And if a relationship is going to mess that up, let that relationship slide. Okay. It's like yep. uh, Portlandia. Um, those two folks that do Portlandia, whose names I can't think of right now. Um, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at all. You guys don't watch enough TV. Fred yeah, Fred Fresh. Armisen there and <laughs> okay. everything. Yeah, and um, Carrie Brownstein. Yeah. Um, they they kind of were attracted to each other, but instead of doing anything about it because they live so far away, they just made Portlandia, and now we're so much better because they did not have a relationship. Right. Thank so, goodness for that. So having sex or a relationship, I should say, with any of these people would screw that up. Oh yeah, it changes the dynamic. It changes the whole dynamic of how you relate to each other. And no, no, I can't do it. Well, that's interesting. What about Lucy and Ricky or whatever his name was? Desi on No, sometimes it works. And yeah, Joseph, my husband and I do stuff together and, and it works. Yeah, you act together and write together mm-hmm. and direct together and yeah. you have a kung fu thing or whatever it's called, right? <laughs> Studio? Yeah, it's a kung fu <laughs> thing. That sounded really weird for a second there. Ah. He, <laughs> yes, he teaches martial arts. We don't yeah. Know, yeah, yep. You don't. Well, you uh, do that I once do, in yeah, a while. I d- yeah. yeah, I do do it once in a while. I've been super busy lately. So but it I can do. work. It can work as a couple. Yeah, but not always. I think if you've Usually got... Not. You know, I mean, that's kind of really my dream is to have somebody that, that I'm in a relationship with that I'm traveling with and is part of my life and making me. But I haven't found that, and I'm not going to screw it up with the guys I already have. So, right. But look, look how cute they are. I got the cutest band. What's the name of your band? They are cute. They're young. The, enab- the, the en- Enablers. The Enablers. Great name. Kim, play us another song. Okay. What, are you, what are you thinking that you can reveal about yourself next? Uh, oh, well, I might <laughs> play you the... I might play you the title cut, or I've got, you tell me, I've got one song that is um, very true about a breakup, and i got a bunch of those. Well, this, this old CD, Enough Heart Left to Break, I mean, it, it kind of is songs I've written over the last two years and two relationships, so. Um, so two, you had two relationships, and neither of which have continue mm. to this minute yeah because i'm gone all the time it's really hard to maintain any kind of uh mm. you know thing where, when you're gone where did you meet these guys in the first place um well one i met here after katrina and he helped me fix up my house and, mm-hmm. and he's like the only i like to date outside of my area code if at all possible i really because i like my own time and space and you know right um so i met one here and the first guy I dated in about 10 years that lived in town and the other, um, I met in Costa Rica years ago. We were friends and surfing buddies, and then we got together. But um, he, was so out, a, he was out in California. So You're a country music singing surfer. I surf very badly, but I like it. I, it's, you remember Bambi? With a spray tan. When Bambi gets on ice and kind of finally gets her balance <laughs> and then starts losing again, that's me surfing. But you like to surf. You like I it. do. Oh, yeah, I like Where it. do you go surfing? Uh, Costa Rica. I'm not all about this California. When it's cold, if it's a wetsuit and there's sharks involved, I'm out. So I don't I'm, like that I'm imagining, you know, there's people listening to this podcast because I've got a vivid imagination myself. I'm imagining that there's someone listening to this thinking, wow, this woman sounds amazing. She plays music. She's funny. She's got bright green eyes and she likes to go surfing and she's single and looking for the right guy. Uh, well, I'm seeing somebody right now. He's nice. Okay, so he's really good. So cut the whole, <laughs> cut the whole advertisement there. Cut the advertisement. Ah, okay. So who's this guy? He's, he lives in town, and I've known him for about three years, and uh, we've been friends, and I always like to date, you know, friends. You can see how they treat people and how they treat women, and so, uh, and so uh, I'm going to be gone for three months, so let's see how it works yeah. out. <laughs> this is always like the death knell, you know, I like, oh, this great relationship, and I go off and I come back, oh, I got some bad news. Some, somebody new came into my life, or, or else they, <laughs> they just don't tell you, and you catch them, and, you know. And what do you think one day true love will will last longer than three months? Mm, I don't know. 
Maybe I've got a short attention span myself. So, so are you are you straying as well when no. when you're away? So you're faithful. No, that's the thing. I'm like all true blue. It's got to be the same. Look, let's get the rule book down and play the same game. Well, do you have the conversation with these guys before you leave and say, "Hey, oh, listen. of course," but then they cheat. They they cheat on the rules. So would you ever be like, "All right, I'm going to go out of town for three months. Whatever, anything Come goes. Do. When we come back, no questions." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could do that. I can do that. Yeah, that's, that's more realistic, right, Helen? I guess so, yeah, right? Right. I would think so. That that's, would work. That's kind of like an unspoken thing right now, too. I mean, because yeah. I travel. It can't be unspoken, though. That's the problem. Yeah, if it's unspoken, then I'd be the one who didn't get the memo. And I'd be well, like, but I was faithful. <laughs> yeah, but, but this time, see, this time we never said, you know, hey, this is exclusive. Never said that. Uh-huh. And as a matter of fact, in the beginning, he said, I don't want a girlfriend and this and that. And I was like... You've come to the right place. So you're just hoping <laughs> to get away on technicalities with this one. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm just not even thinking this one through. I'm just like enjoying time with him, and that's that's good enough for me, really. You know? Yeah. Don't overthink it, right? I right, thought Lee? I would. I mean, you people are really uh, hassling this poor woman with these psychology questions. They're I know, helping. I thought, I thought I was the doctor here. <laughs> You are the doctor here. Let her sing. Let her sing, man. You're not being very helpful. That's a good advice, doctor. Okay. Let us sing. I didn't know I had enough heart left to break. I thought I had more hurt than one poor heart can take. Well, I thought I'd love you just a little. But that was my mistake. I didn't know. I had enough heart left to break My heart's been torn up It's beaten and bruised It's been battered and tattered Shattered right into I know love's a gamble It's a roll of the dice But it's not so bad to lose if you don't pay the price, I didn't know I had enough heart left to break I thought I'd had more hurt than one poor heart can take Well, I thought I'd love you just a little But that was my mistake, I didn't know I had enough heart left to break I lost all feeling in this callous heart of mine Then you came along and broke it one more time I didn't know I had enough heart left to break I thought I had more hurt than one poor heart can take Well, I thought I'd love you just a little was my mistake, I didn't know I had enough heart left to break 
Now, I think that's a great song, don't you? Yeah, that's one of those classic country songs that it's a great line. It's actually, yeah, it's actually sweet and life affirming, even though it's sad. That's a very clever lyric and very, very well, well executed too, don't you think, guys? Yeah, absolutely. That's a good line. Yeah, good song. Thank you very much. That was the. I wrote that song right before we started, went into the studio, with call up my buddy Larry Parcell in Houston and said, "I got a." I got a hook, I got a chorus, and I sang it to him, and he came over, and we had a couple of margaritas, and <laughs> wrote the rest of it, so. Very nice song. I, I, that, that's, a real, that's a real country music song, isn't it? That, you think that's, and that's coming out any day in Europe, and then in October in the yeah. United States. But can we download that somewhere? Can we go get that? We, you can start downloading it um, after October 1st. We're, we're really, this, this CD is, is really a good one, and my producers in San Antonio, we're going to try to get a Grammy, so we have to release it after October 1st mm-hmm. and, you know, send it out. And so uh, if your members, you know, wow. vote for me. Get, okay. If you get no money for a Grammy, we'll, we'll, get a, we'll stump up for the spray tan. Okay, beautiful. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do a Kickstarter for this. For <laughs> Grammy night. Yeah, there, there you go. That's Kim, awesome. thanks so much for coming down and, and, and singing for us. I'm excited about this. And you're off on the road next week to yeah, Europe? Tuesday. And we're leaving for Europe Tuesday. But tonight is our going away party, and it's at D-Max Bar and Grill. It's Mid-City, uh, 542 South Jefferson Davis Parkway. It's uh, just a block off two-lane. We're going to start at 9 o'clock. My band will be there. and We're going to do a... You know, just a set, and then have our friends come and jam with us and, and oh, play some music. Oh, that's a cool music. idea. Yeah. All right. Well, bon voyage and happy trails, and we'll see you back here in when October in September. Yeah, mid September. We'll, we'll love be to back. have you back here actually in October when the record back. comes out and yeah, see how I'd the tour to went that. and see if you're still together with the sky. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. I've got a good feeling about that day, don't you guys? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I just have a strangely good feeling. That everything's <laughs> going to turn around. He seems like a good guy. Everything like that I know about him. Yeah. And Helen Krieger, thank you for coming down as well and joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Least favorite love songs episode, I mean series two. Yeah, we're just about to start. We shoot on, uh, we shot last Saturday and we shoot on Tuesday. And that'll be up in um, October, November, but we'll be putting up behind the scenes stuff at leastfavoritelovesongs.com. Very good. We can check that out. And Lee Horvitz, we can find you at uh, Travel Host. Um, Among other places. No, no, no. No, that's not the best place. <laughs> What's the best place to uh, find www.leehorvitz.com. That's H-O-R-V-I-T-Z. Okay. And um, I'm uh, teaching screenwriting at the Healing Center. And I've already done one class, which was great. And the uh, next class begins next week. So if you're interested, um, okay. you can go to the website or 504-994-4720. He's uh, a man who knows what he's doing. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you, Grant. Helen Krieger, Kim Carson, and Lee Horvitz for joining us here well, on Happy Hour at Casa Borrega. That's our show for today. Our producers have been Graham DePonte and Trish Kaufman. Our associate producer and technical director is Chris Kehoe. Christian Unruh is our music director. And our web designer and link to the real world out there, wherever that is, is Dr. Cliff Brigden. Our theme song was written and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. The fabulous audio quality of this show is brought to you in part by PreSonus Audio Electronics.
Presonus makes some of the best audio recording and live sound products around, including Studio One music production software, Studio Live digital mixing consoles, Era Studio monitors, and much more. You can find out all about that at presonus.com. If you'd like to be on our show and you can stay upright and sober for approximately 60 minutes, drop us a line. Our address is on our website at itsneworleans.com. Itsneworleans.com. There's an S in there. Where you can also check out our other happy hours. There's many more for you to listen to. As long as, as well as our other shows, Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, live from Commander's Palace Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic. True to the Game with the fabulous Chris True and Tammy Nelson. And Vietnam, our show about the Vietnamese community, as well as Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Canada. You can keep up with us by liking It's New Orleans on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. You can sign up for our mailing list to do all sorts of other things as well on our website, itsneworleans.com. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Stitcher, thanks for subscribing to us and take a moment to rate and review us. Also remember, you can join us in buying the Algiers Ferry by going to our Indiegogo campaign. You can find that at Indiegogo.com, buy the Algiers Ferry, or you can find it on our website or on our Facebook page. Our show is recorded live today at Casa Borrega, which is a brand new bar, a restaurant and a music venue in Central City on Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard, right at Felicity Street. You can like them on Facebook and follow them on Twitter as well. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For Andrew Duhon, who'll be back next week, Mitch Foreman on the piano, everyone around here at the table at Casa Borrega and back at our office at INO Broadcasting. I'm Grant Morris. Thanks so much for joining us. I'll see you next time on Happy Hour.